Hey everybody! Hi there! Welcome to Planet in God. We are on Matthew chapter 25. 25? 25. Ooh, 25. So. so, if you haven't read it, go read it. If you haven't read 24 or seen our chapter recap on 24, go read and listen to that because you need the background for 25. All right, so let's dive in. Let's dive in. So 25, like I said there, picks up where 24 left off. Jesus is still teaching the Olivet Discourse. He's giving instructions to his disciples regarding his second coming. And the theme from 24 carries over. Right? If you remember from the last video, verses 24, verses 42 and 43 have that theme, watch, be ready, you do not know when he is coming. Yeah, so we jump right into the very first, the parable, right, from yep. 1 to 13, which is um, the virgins. Yep. Where half are ready and half are not ready. Right. And so with that, um, the, a little bit of background on Jew, Jewish wedding practices is helpful. So in the first century Jewish wedding practice, the bride and groom would become engaged. And in that engagement, they're effectively married. They're just not allowed to live together. So the groom would go to his parents' house and start building the home for the bride. The bride would go home to her family and start getting prepared. And so the father of the groom is the one who decides when he can go get his bride, when his son can go get his bride. So only the father knows the day and the hour he's going to let his son go get his bride. Hmm, interesting correlation. Right? Um, so this was a surprise to everyone, including the groom. The parable highlights those that are eager to participate in the wedding feast. You have two groups, the prepared and the unprepared. The, they, the unprepared could have gone out at any point in time and gotten the oil that they needed. They knew that the wedding was coming, but for some reason they didn't have the oil that they needed. And so they waited till the last minute, the groom arrives, and they are shut out and left out in the cold because they were unprepared. Right, and from what I understand in that same, like within the wedding ceremony, that's the same concept. Once the doors are shut, they don't reopen them. Not for seven days. Yep. It's a seven day feast. So the emphasis of, on the parable is readiness and watchfulness. Ready and watchful in the, the entire context for the second coming. Uh, commonly throughout scripture, oil is referred to as having, is, is referred to as the Holy Spirit. So those, the foolish, are without oil because they are without salvation. They're watching for the second coming, they're watching for the Messiah to come, but they don't have salvation. The wise have oil, meaning that they have accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Um, so anything else on that parable? The only thing is just a word of warning on it, and that being that despite the awareness of what's going on, right? We have, I've seen this a number of times on Twitter, and that being that even the unsaved are recognizing that something is happening, things are going down a different path, right? They're recognizing the times and the seasons, but they don't recognize the source. 
And so this is just a word of warning that you will either be prepared for the Messiah's return or you will be unprepared and lack salvation, right? And then if you are in that case where you notice things but do not take the gospel seriously, then you will be cast out into utter darkness. So then 14, uh, the next section I had was 14 to 30. That's what I did too. Oh, okay. Well, that. Yeah, the parable of the talons. Um, what I thought was interesting, just a factoid here, five talons is equivalent to about 75 years worth of wages. Oh, wow. It's a lot. So there's a, my misconception of this parable always was, oh my gosh, I have to get people saved. Yeah. And so you and I were talking about this before we obviously did the video, but just that like that's something that I struggle with and even still reading it now, I struggle yeah. with it. Because my brain just automatically goes to that, you know? But go ahead, what did you tell me? You said it's not it's that's not really what it's about. No, the theme of the parable is that that much has been given to us and as believers we are to be faithful in the Lord's work while he is away right you look at verse 19 says after a long time the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them the emphasis is on laboring while he is away right so I think what's so important is going back to those other parables that, that like you know right. go along with this one um, it helped me understand yep. it a little bit better yep. and not dwell on that aspect of it of, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be bringing people. I mean, that is what the Lord wants us right. to do. But, but it's not, you're it, not getting rewarded for if I bring five people or right, 500. Right. You, it's, it's all about being faithful to the service of the Lord. Again, so, the theme is on being, watching, and working while Christ is away. That right. is the theme. Watching and working doesn't mean settling down and being inactive. It means that we are to have a wholehearted commitment to Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel, doing his work. God will commend those who are faithful and those who are worthless. Uh, God will judge. Yes, so we've wrapped up the parables of the Olivet Discourse. And just as an interlude here, Jesus uses these parables to drive home the point that since no one knows the day or the hour of the time of his return, his people must always be watchful, ready, and working. That is really the, the key to all of those parables. And so then that gets us into the next section. I broke it down 31 through 46 with so the sheep and the goats. This is where mine gets really wonky and I just didn't break it down. And why I just started writing different things about different verses. Wow. <laughs> I do that. My notes are a little weird. Yeah. So so what was your section 31 through 31 46? through 46. So I just have um, a couple comments on different verses within it. So do you want me to start? I don't have anything on 31 to 33. Um, yeah. Why don't you share your thoughts and then I'll sprinkle nuggets and give my... So for verse 34, it says, Then the king will say... so. The king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Okay, so what I love about this particular verse is that first there's an inheritance, mm -hmm. right? 
we have an inheritance. I really liked that. Really cool. Um, and second, that the kingdom was prepared from the foundation of the world. Okay, yeah. this takes you all the way back to Genesis. Yeah. Super, super cool. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. I think of, I think of like, okay, we're we're right around the holidays, right? right? We just wrapped up Christmas. We're going into the new year, and what do we do? We prepare. Yeah. For parties. What did God do for us? He prepared. Well, what's interesting, though, with that thought is that it goes to show that at the time of creation, God had a plan. Yeah, it was already in, in motion, place. Yeah, right? really cool. I like that a lot. And I just think, like I said, I think about all the parties that we plan and all these things that we plan and how much preparation do we put into that? And God prepared for us. From the foundation of right. the world. Like, just so, really, it is I love cool. it. I love that. I just think that God has so much thought and love that he's put into us. Yeah. As a whole, you know. Anyway, that was my thoughts on verse 34. You have anything around that? Um, <laughs> I guess I'll share a few thoughts to open up this section. So, the parable looks ahead to the final judgment after the second coming. The Gentile nations will be judged for how they treated the Jews. You have the faithful sheep who will enter the kingdom of heaven, the unfaithful goats who are cast into everlasting punishment. And then that gets us down to verse 41, that what is significant to note is that the everlasting fire in 41 was prepared for his death the devil and his angels. Yes, I noted that too. So that was my thoughts on 41 is yeah. that hell was not prepared for us. No. Not even for unbelievers, right? They right. go there because they've made a choice, but it yep. is prepared for the demons and Satan. Right. And I think it's also um, an important thing to note that God is just. And so it was created because that is part of judgment and part of his, who he is as a just God. Right. And I think some people look at that and think he's an evil God because he created an evil place for, you know, it wasn't for unbelievers. It no. was for Satan and it was for fallen the, the angels. fallen angels. Those that rebelled. And it in was heaven. because he's just. Right. And he's right and he's good. Yep. And why would we want a God that's any different than that? Right. You know? And so, on that note, I kind of have this, these thoughts here, that God has done everything from creation to keep humanity from this dreadful fate. Right? And while we, believers, go about sharing the gospel, right? That was the whole point of the work but previously. We are to share the gospel with those around us. God will call, God has called all people to salvation. He does not desire anyone should perish. Right? He wants everyone to receive salvation. However, you must choose him back. Yeah. I'm that is 100%. the point. It's, it's like the old idiom, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yep. It's the same thing with us. I can share the gospel give out tracks, stand on the rooftop and shout to anyone would he, that, so that anyone would hear 
but you've got to take that cup and drink it yourself. Right. You go back to the wedding feast, how the groom and the bride, when the the groom and the bride are together during the, the arrow scene, they share a cup of wine. The groom drinks the cup first and then hands it to the bride. And then all of the power is in the bride's hands. She, if she doesn't drink from the cup, the wedding is off and they go their separate ways. If she drinks from the cup, they are now married. Right? The same thing for us. It's a very Jesus, cool illustration. It is. Jesus drank the cup at Calvary and handed it to us. And now we have to accept him back and drink it ourselves and be united with him. Right? God does not force us into salvation, but he gives us everything we need to come to faith in him. I want to read a couple of verses, unless you have something else. No, that was that was all I had. That okay. was... I want to read a couple of verses here just to help drive the fact home here. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 4. This is the gospel of our salvation, what it means to drink the cup, and that is to believe in this. What Paul says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel of our salvation. That is what we are to believe. That is the cup we are to drink and receive it. Romans 1.16, again, Paul writing this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also for the Greek, right? This gospel, once we believe it, it is for everyone to believe, Jew and Greek. And when you believe on that, you become the new creation, a part of the church, the bride of Christ itself. The last one that I want to read, Acts 10.43, says this, To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him, will receive the remission of sins, right? Speaking about Jesus Christ, believing in him gives you the remission of your sins and allows you to have that harmony, that unity with God. So I want to ask you today, have you accepted? Have you taken the gospel seriously? Do not be like those that don't, the unprepared, that are cast out into the darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's as easy as belief. <laughs> exactly. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And call out to him. Confess your sins. So that is the gospel of our salvation. It's wonderful. It is. <laughs> so, any so, other... No, that's it. That wraps up 25. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Felt it was very important to get that in. Three more days, yep. and we have completed the book of Matthew. Yes. Thank you for sticking around with us this long. Let's finish on a strong note. We'll see you in the next one for chapter 26. Bye.